Product People, Sean back here again to talk to you about a topic related to an extension of what we've been talking about lately, and that's building your product sales process to be effective. So I've talked about the components that should be involved in making your product sales process effective, as well as comparing the differences between hunting and farming, again, relating hunting to sales and farming to marketing. Now, what I want to talk to you about is that all important first step of building an effective product sales process, and that's repeatability. But I want to get a little bit more tactical with it and talk to you about how we can actually make that happen for your product business. That's where most of my questions have come from so far based on the content that's been produced. So I want to prepare some more examples. And at the end, I'm also going to mention some templates that I've created for you as well, too, where you can go and get access to those so that you can build the process on your own and run some experiments that will ultimately help you figure out what you can leverage in order to make your product sales process repeatable. So the first thing I want to talk about, which is important when you're trying to do this effectively, is that the common mistake that I see is folks trying to develop this process and making it about them, which is unfortunately easy to do because a lot of the advice out there kind of recommends it. And most of what you'll see people do is talk about what they have to offer you in terms of what they can do or what their product is all about. Or again, they're pretending like they have something to offer, but what they're really doing is they're saying, I have this thing, do you want to buy it? Which has nothing to do with the prospect. So they're making a lot of assumptions and it's a really rough way to kind of start a conversation or develop a relationship as uh, such. Most of those processes fall flat, don't work, which is why a lot of lead generation services and a lot of numbers that they talk about in terms of what they can do performance-wise for you are relatively low. We are not trying to do that. We're taking the exact opposite approach, in fact. The last thing we're going to do is start a conversation with trying to get someone to buy something. Um, I don't I never understood why anyone does that. Uh, it never works on me. It doesn't seem to work on anybody else. I would encourage you not to do that. The numbers there and the performance is just, it's, it's very weak and it's going to damage your brand if you do it too aggressively. Instead, I want you to focus on making it about them. And that's what makes a process effective, this type of process effective, is you have to offer something of value to who you're trying to communicate and build this relationship with. Uh, as such, you might not even bring up exactly who you are and what you do in terms of trying to get them to buy something. You want to connect with them on a personal level or figure out what's going to enable them to kind of engage you in a longer conversation, which enables you to build a relationship, learn some things, perform some discovery, or ultimately position what it is you're working on as a solution to a problem that you're going to iron out as part of this process. Another thing that I'm assuming as part of this conversation is that you don't have a ton of traffic flooding your website at the moment. If you do, that is helpful because we can leverage your website as a tool to connect with and engage prospects and trying to make this process repeatable as well too. But I'm gonna assume you don't have that. As such, what I'm going to lay out for you in, in terms of this episode should work for folks that don't have that or do have that. As such, this should work for everybody. Now, since we're talking about repeatability, I want you to put out of your mind, at least for the moment, scalability. This is another area where I see people go sideways relatively quickly. They focus very much on reaching scale as fast as they can. And that is another common mistake. I understand that you want to scale and we will get there. But in order to enable you to be able to get there, there's a step you must complete first. It's sequential, and that's the repeatability element. So don't think about reaching crazy scale just yet. Repeatability is going to get you everything that you're looking for as part of this phase. 
And then once we've been able to accomplish that, the success we've done and what we've built as part of that, that will help us reach greater scale. And again, in order to give you an idea in terms of whether or not you actually, you know, ultimately achieve repeatability, what we're looking for here, how I would measure that from a scientific perspective is, can you say as prospects flow through your product sales process that you could turn, you know, conversations or connections with X prospects into Y new paying customers on a consistent and a repeatable basis? Like, can you repeat that pattern as such? It applies to, you know, as far back as you go in terms of however many at-bats you've had with prospects following the same process. Okay, so let's talk about how you're going to do this. So I've talked about before in other articles and episodes that you need to make the process repeatable and then you need an effective hook. Um, but what does this mean? So the hook in this question is essentially the value add to your prospect and what's going to compel them to engage you in a conversation, right? And this is where we make it less about us and more about them. So that hook, in terms of what it looks like, it can vary uh, between a number of different things that are comfortable for you or attractive to your prospect or whatever. So this is, to an extent, is going to depend on a number of those variables and different factors, which could be unique for your business uh, or your prospect as well, too. But some examples um, could be, you know, you're working on developing a, a research paper within your industry you know, consistently from prospect to prospect because they had should they should have a lot in common uh, and you're looking to learn from them and make them the subject matter expert on the topic, whatever topic is you're doing homework on. And as part of your outreach effort connecting with them, you're offering them to be featured in the research material that you're creating. So, you, you know, the expectation with that comes that you're going to be interviewing them, that you're going to be recording that interview, uh, learning from them, asking them questions, right? And taking that material and then producing something that will be shared externally on the topic, featuring them as the expert, right? And again, that's just one example, but you should already be able to see if it, like why someone may be interested in this because you're featuring them, right? It's about them. It's about them and their expertise. You're interviewing them about a topic that they know a lot about. Uh, a lot of people are interested in having those conversations. So it's more compelling than just, you know, hey, you, would you like to buy this random person that I don't know or have never met? <laughs> um, you know, featuring someone based on the expertise they already have and doing something for them, producing or publishing something and featuring them in it is something that is more attractive than that other proposition I just talked about. Uh, to, you know, another example of that is if you want to start a podcast, for example, and this is an area where I've had a lot of success and you know, I'm speaking to you right now. Uh, I enjoy this medium. I enjoy producing content in this way. And I have a lot of great people on the show to talk to you about the cool things that they're doing across the spectrum of who I'm looking to connect with and help with what I know or what I can do. So podcasting is it has a similar kind of value add for your prospect, just a different medium, right? And you can share that in different ways. I record a audio and a video version of all of my podcast episodes for, for the most part, uh, to the extent and the comfort level of who I'm interviewing. And then I have individual episodes I've started now, just like these that I'm speaking to you about. So I'm looking to continue to build relationships with you. And I'm looking to leverage my podcast as a hook to connect with people inside my target market. You know, and in doing so, I'm offering them something. I'm offering them a platform to share their message, which again is compelling and interesting to them. Everyone, for the most part, wants to be a guest on a podcast, uh, or a lot of people, I should say, not everyone, but a lot of people I have good, I have a good performance track record with inviting people to be guests on my show. 
And for me, because efficiency is very important, I need to do a, only a small amount of outbounds to kind of target the folks that I want to connect with. In fact, at this point, because of the extent of the success I've had with my show or my shows, I should say, because I've developed one for each of my businesses, people are now reaching out to me that want to be guests. And they're great profiles as well, too. So that process is becoming even easier. Um, so podcasting, another great way to offer your prospect value uh, and as part of this process. In fact, that essentially is the value proposition for my product business, Podcast Chef, where I am, you know, we are helping you developing everything related to your podcast so that you could just get all of the value of regularly connecting with folks and generating great content at the same time. So that's where that came from, right? I, and much like I've written about previously, I solved my own problem and I did so building my own product business. Now I'm offering that as value to you and anybody else who wants to have interest in podcasting. But anyway, getting back to the topic at hand, podcasting is another great example of something that you can offer to your prospect to engage with them and then start having a conversation, building a relationship. And then if you design it well enough, naturally you'll give an opportunity to talk about what it is that you do. And if you have selected your target market audience well enough, there should be an, you know plenty of opportunities to talk about potentially working together if the prospect that you've connected with has the problem for which you solve, right? So now you're kind of starting getting an idea about how this works here. So I want to share with you more about how I landed on which of the hooks that I use, which is podcasting, which I've talked about a little bit already. I ran an experiment that was fairly extensive over a period of time to evaluate a number of different hooks. I didn't just land on podcasting. So I had a methodical approach, taking kind of a scientific approach as well, too, to understanding what I might like to try and then evaluating the results over a period of time after I've been able to see you know, what worked best. So I pitted them against one another after I developed a few different hooks. And I've already mentioned a few of them already. Um, you know, the research paper element, featuring people on my blog, having folks on my podcast. And this was years ago that I did this, but I did this and I didn't, at the time, I wasn't really consistently doing any of those things uh, in keeping with kind of the lean thought process and lean strategy here. You know, we, we want to try to sell something before we build it. And that's essentially what I did here as well, too, is I wanted to, I knew what I needed to do. I wanted to connect with people uh, more effortlessly or easier than how I was doing it before. And before I was, I had experimented with some lead generation services and they all performed pretty poorly. So I would recommend you stay away from that until we learn a lot more as part of this process. Um, but I was also meeting people in person through networking, which was great. I built my network in that way, you know, built um, a network in a, a specific geographical area in, in that way, but it was also very time consuming. So that was, you know, neither of those were particularly efficient and effective, which is what I was looking for. So that's what I wanted out of my book. Uh, and as part of this experiment, I chose a number of different strategies that I wanted to test. And I mentioned a few of those already. And then I got a copy of, or I started a trial actually, because you get a free trial of it, I think still LinkedIn sales navigator. So if you don't have this, I'd highly recommend you get it, especially if you're selling B2B in LinkedIn, they have a, a level up version of their product called sales navigator. That has a pretty extensive search where you could pick and choose from a number of different categories to make it easier for you to create a list of who essentially falls closer into your target market. I created a list of those folks that I wanted to connect with earlier on. And then I started tracking different messaging sequences for 
each of the hooks I wanted to test. So I'd send, you know, I'd say, say I had three different tactics I wanted to, to compare against one another, A, B, and C, I would create three different messaging sequences. And then I would send, you know, over the course of a week or two weeks when I was running this experiment, I would send the same number of messages to each of those um, tests that I was running, one for each hook. So I would do like 10 messages of A, 10 messages of B, and 10 messages of C. Then I compared the results in terms of how many of those outbound messages led to, you know, number one, a response, because uh, sometimes people don't respond. Uh, number two, actual engagement and interest, as in they responded, but they're interested in whatever it is I was offering. And then three, which ones led to actual meetings and successful meetings, right? An area where it, everything felt like it went well. Um, I started the process of developing a relationship with these folks, and it really accomplished what it was I was looking for. So as I was running these experiments, the results for me became pretty obvious in that I think I experimented with like five to 10 different hooks, podcasting one out by a wide margin. And as such, that's what I ended up running with. And that's what I still do today. Like I said, as I'm speaking with you right now, I've taken that even further uh, where I'm doing solo episodes now because you know the audience has grown. So, uh, and I have more that I want to share with you guys. So that's how I did it. That's how I developed my effective book. And that's what enabled me to make progress towards making my product sales process repeatable. And because I had success with podcasting, I have built a podcast around each of my product businesses as well, uh, because I really like that channel and it's produced very well for me and for my various product businesses. So for my HR tech product staff geek, I have a podcast called People Analytics or Podcast Chef Productized Service Business. I have a podcast called The Consulting Trap, where we talk about you know the unique problems and challenges of the customer's prospects in our target market. And that has continued to grow. Uh, people analytics in particular is like taken off uh, big time. Uh, that the topics and the content that we have on those shows, uh, and that one's been around uh, arguably one of the longer ones as well, too. So that's really uh, starting to gain some traction. Consulting Trap is relatively new, but that's going well also. So podcasting is a thing where if you guys are comfortable investing in that as a channel, that will continue to produce for you. All you really need to do is stick with it. I mean, that's also true to an extent for most marketing channels, but um, podcasting, I think in particular has a bright future, but you know, of course I'm biased because I've been doing it a lot myself. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the point is this is a good opportunity or this is a good kind of tactical way for you guys to develop the repeatability element of your product sales process to run an experiment like this. Um, so something that I've produced to help this process, make this process easier for you is a guide, a free guide for how to run this experiment yourself. I've created kind of an outline of the steps in document format, as well as a spreadsheet for you to be able to track which of the channels that you've tested and hooks that you're looking to evaluate are producing the best results. So go ahead and get yourself a copy of that if you're interested in running this experiment for yourself. Uh, it's available via my website, and I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes as well, too. Um, the, art, the related article on my blog is called How to Make Your Product Sales Process Repeatable. And then down towards the bottom of the article, there's an email capture box for getting the free guide. So if you put your email address in there, um, it should automatically send you a copy of the templates that I've produced, which are free for this process. If you have any difficulty accessing that or whatever, just let me know. Um, and then as part of this process, like I've mentioned before, I can help you build your product sales process to be repeatable. So if you guys need any help with that, 
um, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, my email address is sean at nextstep.io, uh, S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io, so I can help you out there. I've got a number of different offerings, everything from you know individual product strategy coaching sessions all the way up to entire product sales roadmapping for your product businesses that's growing and scaling. So if you need any help with any of those in either category or anything in between, just email me um, and uh, let me know what I can do to help. I'd also recommend you guys join my um, mailing list. I am writing now on a daily basis to my entire list. And we talk about a lot of different product strategy stuff. So free product tips and product strategy advice via that channel as well. Also, So thanks for listening, guys. I hope you got value out of the episode. As always, uh, send me an email. Let me know what content you'd like to hear about more uh, or any questions you have about any of this stuff. And I'm happy to help. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.